0: The Revelations of St. Gertrude, written by herself. Chapter 17 Of the Garments with which we should clothe Jesus and his mother I give thee thanks, creator of the firmament, fashioner of its celestial lights and of the flowers of spring, because although thou needest not my goods, thou for my instruction didst order me to clothe thee with the garments of an infant, on the day of thy purification, before thou wert carried into the temple. Thou dost desire me to extol with all my powers the innocence of thy holy humanity, but with such faithfulness and devotion, that if I could receive in my own person all the glory due to thy blessed innocence, I would nevertheless freely renounce it, in order to enhance thereby the praise of thy innocence. It seemed to me that this pure intention clothed thee with a white robe, such as infants wear. So also, when I endeavored to penetrate devoutly into the abyss of thy humility, I saw thee clothed in a green tunic, as a sign that thy grace is ever flourishing, and that it never withers in the valley of humility. Then, Contemplating the fire of thy love, which has made thee produce all which thou hast produced, I beheld thee clothed in purple, to indicate that charity is truly a royal mantle, without which none can enter into the kingdom of heaven. As I admired the same virtues in thy glorious mother, she appeared to me clothed in the same manner. And as this blessed virgin flourishes like a rose without thorns, and a lily without spot, being adorned with the flowers of all virtues, I besought this most benign mother to intercede continually with thee for our necessities. Chapter 18 How God Bears with Our Defects Instruction on Humility One day, after I had washed my hands and was standing round the table with the community, Perplexed in mind, considering the brightness of the sun which was in its full strength, I said within myself, If the Lord, who has created the sun, and whose beauty is said to be the admiration of the sun and moon, if he, who is a consuming fire, is as truly in me as he shows himself frequently before me, how is it possible that my heart continues like ice, and that I lead so evil a life? Then thou, whose words, though always sweet, were now much sweeter, and therefore the more necessary for my heart in its state of agitation, thou didst reply thus to me, In what should my omnipotence be extolled, if I could not contain myself within myself, wherever I am, so that I am only felt or seen, as is most suitable for the time, place, and person For since the creation of heaven and earth, I have worked for the redemption of all, more by the wisdom of my benignity than by the power of my majesty. And this benignity of wisdom shines most in my tolerance towards the imperfect, leading them, even by their own free will, into the way of perfection. Seeing also on a certain feast day That many who had recommended themselves to my prayers were going to communion, and that I was deprived of it by sickness, or rather prevented on account of my unworthiness, and reflecting in my mind on the numerous benefits I had received from God, I began to fear the wind of vainglory, which might dry up the waters of divine grace. I desired to have some reflection in my mind that might prevent its recurrence. Then thy paternal goodness instructed me thus, that I should consider thy affection toward me under the similitude of a father of a family, who, being delighted at seeing so many beautiful children receiving admiration from his neighbors and servants, had amongst others a little one who was not so beautiful as his companions, whom he nevertheless often took in his bosom, moved by paternal tenderness, and consoled him by gentle words and kind gifts. Thou didst add that if I had this humble esteem of myself, so as to believe myself the most imperfect of all, the torrents of thy celestial sweetness would never cease to flow into my soul. I give thanks to thee, most loving God, lover of men, by the merit of the reciprocal gratitude of the adorable Trinity, For this and for many other salutary instructions by which thou hast instructed my ignorance so many times as the best of masters. I offer my sighs to thee through the bitter passion of Jesus Christ thy Son. I offer to thee his pains and tears and dollars in expiation of all the negligences by which I have so often stifled the Spirit of God in my heart. I beseech thee, in union with the efficacious prayer of this thy beloved Son, and by the grace of the Holy Ghost, to amend my life and to supply for my deficiencies. This I beseech thee to grant by that love which arrested thine anger when thy only Son, the object of thy complacence, was reputed a criminal. Chapter 19 how God is pleased to condescend to his creatures, and what glory God derives thence from the blessed. I give thanks to thy loving mercy, and to thy merciful love, most loving Lord, for the revelation by which thy goodness satisfied my weak and wavering soul, when I so ardently desired to be released from the chains of the flesh, not that I might suffer less, but that I might release thy goodness from the debt which thy exceeding love has undertaken for my salvation. Although thy divine omnipotence and eternal wisdom were not obliged to grant me this favor, thou didst bestow it on my unworthiness and ingratitude of thy superabounding liberality. When, therefore, I desired to be dissolved, thou, my God, who at the honor and glory of heaven, didst appear to me, descending from the royal throne of thy majesty, and approaching to sinners by a most obliging and favorable condescension. Then certain streams of precious liquor seemed to flow through heaven, before which all the saints prostrated themselves in thanksgiving, and having satisfied their thirst with joy in this torrent of delights, broke forth in canticles of praise for all thy mercy toward sinners. Whilst these things happened, I heard these words. Consider how agreeable this concert of praise is, not only to my ears, but even to my most loving heart. And beware for the future how you desire so importunately to be separated from the body, merely for the sake of being delivered from the flesh, in which I pour forth so freely the gifts of my grace. For the more unworthy they are to whom I condescend, the more I merit to be glorified for it by all creatures. As thou didst give this consolation at the moment when I approached thy life-giving sacrament, as soon as I had recollected myself and formed my intention, as I was bound to do, thou didst make known to me further in what manner and with what intention each one should approach to unite themselves to thy sacred body and blood, so that, even if this sacrament served for our condemnation, were it possible, the love of thy love and of thy glory would cause us to think nothing of this, provided that thereby thy mercy shone forth still more in not refusing to give thyself to those who are so utterly unworthy. Then I inquired concerning those who, from a consciousness of their unworthiness, abstain from communion, fearing to profane by a presumptuous irreverence the sanctity of this sacrament, and I received this blessed answer from thee. He who communicates from a pure desire of my glory can never communicate with irreverence. For which may eternal praise and glory be given to thee for endless ages. Chapter 20 Of some considerable privileges which God granted to this virgin, and of the grace which he promised to her clients. May my heart and soul, with all the substance of my flesh, all my senses, and all the powers of my body and mind, with all creatures, praise thee and give thee thanks, O sweetest Lord, faithful lover of mankind, for thy signal mercy, which has not only dissimulated the utterly unworthy preparation with which I have not feared to approach the super banquet of thy most sacred body and blood, but has added this gift to me, the most utterly vile and perfectly useless of thy creatures. First, of having been assured by thy grace that all who desire to approach this sacrament and who are restrained by fear from a timid conscience, who come to me, who am the least of thy servants, led by humility to seek consolation, that thy exceeding mercy will judge them worthy in recompense for this humility to receive this sacrament with fruit to eternal life. Thou hast also added that thou wilt not permit anyone whom thy justice deems unworthy to abase themselves to ask counsel of me, O supreme ruler, who, though thou dwellest on high, regardest the humble. What prompted thy mercy, when thou sawest me approach so often unworthily, to suspend thy judgment, and not to inflict on me the punishment I deserve? Thou willest to make others worthy by the virtue of humility. And though thou couldst do so more effectually without my assistance, thy love, looking upon my misery, made thee effect this through me, so that thus I may be a sharer in the merits of those who, through my admonitions, enjoy the fruits of salvation. This has been taken from The Revelations of St. Gertrude, Part 2 of The Life and Revelations of St. Gertrude the Great, first published in English in 1862. This work is available through TAN Books. For more information, call 1-800-437-5876, or find them on the web at www.10books.com This work is in the public domain.